Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is your brother Hussein Kamani. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please donate to Qalam by visiting supportqalam.com. We love being able to share this content for free, and your donation ensures we are always able to do so. Each podcast we produce has thousands of listeners, so the opportunity for gaining immense reward by supporting our efforts is endless. You never know who will be able to benefit from your donation. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept, and jazakumullahu khairan. Assalamu alaikum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests Sulaiman alayhi salam again. So the first was, the first test regarding the horses was to see if Sulaiman alayhi salam was distracted by worldly possessions. And this is a big question I pose to everyone sitting here. The wealth that Allah has given us, has it distracted us from Allah or not? How many of us say that we don't go to the masjid because we're busy with work? Our work has distracted us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? So that's the first test. The second test was Sulaiman alayhi salam remembering that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always in control. I can't go around saying that I'm going to have kids just because I can be sexually active. Does it mean that I will have kids? Having kids has less to do with what you want and a lot more to do with the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you become wealthy, some people when they become wealthy, they start believing their God. That they can do whatever they want and no one in the world can do anything about it. I'll do whatever I want and no one can do squat. You know, I'll buy this car and you can't stop me. I'll live in this house and you can't do anything. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us to be humble. Inshallah. I'm going to go for hajj, but inshallah I'm going to go for hajj. I can't just say I'm going to go for hajj because... Hajj has little to do with money and more to do with acceptance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm going to go for dinner, inshallah. I'm going to be a good father, inshallah. You know, always say, make a habit of saying inshallah because you submit yourself to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, putting yourself beneath Allah. And that's how this relationship is supposed to be. You're not supposed to be above Allah or equal to Allah. You are always beneath an abd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Test number three. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to see if Sulaiman alayhi salam is arrogant. If Sulaiman alayhi salam is arrogant. How do you find out if someone is arrogant? You know an easy way to find out? Praise them. If someone's in front of you, say two words of nice things about them. And if they like really bloat their chest out and say, yep, that's me. Then you can tell something's not right. But if they lower their chest a little and they say, alhamdulillah. That you praise me for something when in reality Allah was the one who gave me the strength to do it. He gave me the thought to do it. He enabled me to do it. So all praise actually, who does it belong to? You know, I say this to my students that when someone praises you, rather than ascribing that praise to yourself, the best thing to do is redirect it. If someone says, MashaAllah, your lecture was really good, you should say, Alhamdulillah, Allah inspired me to say what I said. You redirect the praise. Or for example, you say, Allah, thank our parents, they were the ones that made the sacrifice because of who today we've studied the deen. Alhamdulillah. You see how you've redirected the praise? So learn to redirect praise. Now, that's another issue that some people, they feel like, you know, excessive humbleness can actually break your own confidence. That's another problem and another issue. It's something we won't talk about now anyway. What I want to focus on now is be humble. Where do we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala testing Sulaiman alayhi salam when it comes to humbleness? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Hatta atau ala wad naml Sulaiman alayhi salam was one time traveling with his army. Massive group. 
Some ulama they say in the wadi kana bi bilad al-Yaman that this this valley of uh, um, of ants, this hill of ants that they that Sulaiman interacted with, this interaction happened where? In Yemen. This is stated by Imam Qurtubi rahmatullahi What happened? Sulaiman was traveling with his army, massive army, you know, horses and you know, all of it, all traveling together. As they were approaching a small little ant hill, a village of ants, one of them shouted out to its friends and said, Ya ayyuhannam nudkhulu masakinakum. Oh ants, enter into your homes. Here comes Sulaiman. La yahtimannakum. Sulaimanu wa junuduhu. Don't let Sulaiman and his army trample you. La yahtimannakum. Don't let them trample you. Because they won't even notice. So these words were of such praise that they were so small and so insignificant. And look how great Sulaiman was. That he would come with his army and they would trample anything on the road because the army was so massive. There were thousands of horses. And they won't even know of your existence. That's how great Sulaiman is and that's how great his army is too. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Sulaiman the ability to hear. And the scholars, they write that Sulaiman heard any and every sound and he understood it. This is what they say. Therefore, this is what gave him control over the jinn because every time they tried to transpire against him, he already heard it. And he would bust them in their plans right in the middle of it. So the jinns were terrified of him because he understood the ants, they said this, Sulaiman heard. When he heard it, these words of praise and how this ant was describing the grandeur of Sulaiman Sulaiman didn't get arrogant. Rather, what did he do? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, He smiled while laughing at the statement of that ant. And he said, Oh Allah, give me the ability to be thankful to you. Ya Allah, I want to know how to be thankful to you. You've been very kind to me, Ya Allah. You've been very kind to my parents. I want to do good deeds that make you happy. Ya Allah, enter me into the group of righteous servants of yours. So from this test we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested if Sulaiman would become arrogant. Sulaiman immediately redirects that praise of the ant to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya Allah, in, in reality, you're the one that's worthy of praise. Ya Allah, give me the ability to thank you because you've given me so much. And look at Sulaiman alayhi shukr. He not only acknowledges that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala favored him, but he also acknowledges that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala favored his parents too. I'm telling you, it's very hard in our world to find people that are actually thankful. Very few people are thankful. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran again and again. And I quoted to you guys in the past few lectures multiple times the ayah regarding Sulaiman alayhis O oh family of Dawood, be thankful because very few servants are thankful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala favors his servants. And everyone acts like Allah didn't do anything. They forget about that the car that they drove here in was a favor of Allah. The house they're living in right now was a favor of Allah. 
the lunch and dinner they had today. And trust me, if you think for a single moment that you are in full control and this has nothing to do with the favor of Allah, go and ask the people in Syria and they'll tell you, eight years ago, they had no idea what was going to hit them. Ten years ago, they had no idea what was coming their way. I have friends, 11 years ago, every summer, when the summer break would come, they would leave America and go back to Syria. Every summer. And I would ask them, why do you guys go? They would say, summers in America are boring. This is what they would say. They would say, you want to enjoy summer? Where are you supposed to go? Go to Sham. Go to, go to Damascus. You'll find out what fun actually is. Then what happened? Today you look at that very same Damascus, that very same Sham, and it's in shambles. It's broken in pieces. What a person has today, they can never guarantee that they'll have it tomorrow. Today you may have wealth, but little do you know that that wealth may not even make it to your grandchildren. It's possible that our grandparents who are on the streets one day, our grandchildren may be on the streets again one day. And the only way we can ever stop that from happening is by doing shukr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Day and night, doing shukr of Allah. Every time you pick up a morsel and you put it to your mouth, just thank Allah for a moment, Ya Allah, my grandfather could have never imagined having meat as regularly as I do. He never could. And today here I am, not only do I have meat, not only is my whole family eating meat, I have so much meat in my freezer that I can't put anything else in there because of that meat. Can we all relate to that? Right? This is the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala favored us. We should be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, in order for you to be thankful, there's a few things that need to happen before you can actually engage in shukr. Number one, you have to first of all acknowledge what your bounties are. You have to first start counting your bounties. Number two, you need to start thinking over who gave you these bounties. Number three, now do shukr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, if you just say, I'm thankful to you, ya Allah, without thinking over what you're thankful for, that thankfulness really isn't meaningful. You need to sit and think, like, I say this to you guys, and I've said this multiple times in this halakha. There are times in my house where I just sit in my, my living room, my back touches my sofa, and I'm in tears. And the reason why I'm crying is because I'm thinking, Ya Allah, I'm not worthy to sit against a sofa. My great-grandfather never imagined a day in his life that his great-grandson would sit on a leather reclining sofa. He never, I bet you my great-grandfather never imagined that. It must have been like the furthest dream. That you know what, my great-grandson, he'll be sitting against a leather reclining sofa. Can you guys relate to that? Can you guys relate with your own families? That our forefathers weren't wealthy people. But today Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us. I sit to read Quran, I sit to read hadith, I'm in tears. Ya Allah, you know, my mother was a Hindu. How did I end up with hadith? How did I end up with Quran? I don't know how I made it. We, one generation back, my family members, they're still dying today on shirk. My grandmother and grandfather, nothing to be proud of, it really hurts our hearts. They died on shirk, my mother cried. Because she realized that she wouldn't be with her parents in the akhirah. It hurt her a lot. You know, I have family that died on shirk, that still lives on shirk. I have aunts till today, that when I message them on WhatsApp, their WhatsApp images are idols. You know, th this is the family members that I have. Then I look at my siblings and I look at my family and I think to ourselves, SubhanAllah, Allah blessed us with the ilm of hadith. Allah blessed us with the ilm of fiqh. Allah blessed us with the ilm of the Qur'an. You know, one generation ago we were there. 
And one generation later, we're here. Allah has given us Tahfidh al-Quran, Hifdh al-Quran. This is a favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We had nothing to do with it. My parents filled out no papers asking Allah for hidayah. Allah just gave it. This is the doing of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives hidayah to who He wishes. There are people in this world that will live and die and they won't have the chance to do one sajda out of the love of Allah. They won't do one sajda in, this, in their entire worldly life. There are people in this world who will live and die and they won't get the chance to say Allah's name with love one time. And here we are. We get to close our eyes with our eyes open or closed just say Allah's name with love all we want to. It's here. It's like the faucet. The faucet, what an interesting invention. Before the faucet existed, water was difficult. And now you have faucets. That's how our relationship with dhikr is. We can do all we want to. We can do sajda as much as we want to. It's all in our hands. The Allah that we have, the relationship that we have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can call out to Allah as much as you want, cry out to Allah as much as you want. That's the, is that not something to be thankful for? That our Allah is not a, not, not a Scrooge. Our Allah is merciful. He's Rahman al-Rahim. I was just reading two days back. There's a famous um, scholar by the name of Ibn Abd al-Rabbi. An, an uh, Andalusian scholar. Andalusian scholar. He wrote a book called Al-Iqda Al-Farid. What is it called? The Unique Necklace. That's the name of his book. It's full of poetry. So in there he writes a story of a scholar, if I remember correctly, his name is Abu Namas. Rahimahullah, when he passed away, people came to receive his body. And when they were fixing his bed and moving his stuff around, underneath his pillow where he was lying, where he died, they found a small piece of paper wrapped up. They opened it up and it had some lines of poetry written on there. Can I share them with you guys? Ya Rabbi. This is what it said. Ya Rabbi, in azumat dhunubi kathratan. Ya Allah, even though my sins have become abundant. Ya Rabbi, in azumat dhunubi kathratan. Falaqad alimtu bi anna afwaka a'zamu. Ya Allah, even though my sins are abundant, I've come to know that your forgiveness is greater. These are his statements. These are, these are lines of poetry this man is reading before he dies. In kana la yarjuka illa muhsinun. In kana la yarjuka illa muhsinun. Ya Allah, if only the pious and righteous were able to love you and have hope in you, فَبِمَنْ يَلُوذُ وَيَسْتَجِيرُ الْمُجْرِمُ Ya Allah, then who do sinners go to? Ya Allah, who do criminals go to? If you were only there for the pious, then who do people like me, me go to? أَدْعُوكَ رَبِّي أَدْعُوكَ رَبِّي كَمَا أَمَرْتَ تَدَرُّهًا Ya Allah, I call out to you today. Just as you commanded me. أَدْعُوكَ رَبِّي كَمَا أَمَرْتَنِي Ya Allah, I call out to you today just as you told me. تَدَرُّهًا Humbling myself. فَلَئِنْ رَدَتَّ يَدِي فَمَنْ ذَا يَرْحَمُ But if you push my hands away, then who, who will have mercy on me? فَلَئِنْ رَدَتَّ يَدِي فَمَنْ ذَا يَرْحَمُ Then who will have mercy on me? مَا لِي إِلَيْكَ وَسِيلَةٌ إِلَّا رَجَا The summary of my story is that I have no hope. مَا لِي وَسِيلَةٌ I have no connection. إِلَيْكَ to you إِلَّا الرَّجَا But for my hope in you. My only hope is my hope in you. وَبِي 
حُسْنِ عَفْوِكَ or جَمَالِ عَفْوِكَ ثُمَّ إِنِّي مُسْلِمُ I only have three things to say, Ya Allah. I have good hope in you. I know you love forgiving. And the third thing I know is that I'm a Muslim. You won't turn me away. Look how beautiful these words are. I think to myself that for a person to have a relationship like this, to know Allah even exists to this degree, that requires a shukr as well. Because people don't know their Allah like this. Most people, they commit a sin. They think Allah is angry at them. Every calamity from that point onwards they interact with, they think they're being punished by Allah, they die in misery. And then there are people right before they die, he's saying, إِن كَانَ لَا يَرْجُوكَ إِلَّا مُحْسِنٌ فَبِمَنْ يَلُوذُ وَيَسْتَجِيرُ الْمُجْرِمُ And then you have this man, who's saying that, Ya Allah, if your mercy was only for the righteous, then where do sinners go? This man has ma'rifah. He knows Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we, we Sulaiman here teaches us to be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Always be thankful for what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. When you read Sulaiman alayhi story, don't think of him having control over the wind and think to yourself that, oh, I don't have any control over any wind, so how can I relate to this? Of course you do. You have control over your air conditioning. That's you controlling wind right there. Yes, you can't travel through it, I get that part. But don't you get to control your heat and your cold air? How many of us right now can change the temperature at our homes using our apps? <laughs> right? I mean, is that not something to be thankful for? That you have the ability while sitting here to control the temperature of your, of your home. People have apps that they can use to control the temperature in their cars. You know, they get in their car 8.30 every morning, they set it up at 8.30, the car temperature will be at 72 degrees Fahrenheit with the seat heater on on level 2, with the radio playing on this station. They customize it. So every morning when they get in their car at 8 o'clock, what happens? It's like Jannah for them. The only thing missing is a shoulder massage. <laughs> Even that probably exists these days in cars. They have like massagers in, chair, in, the, in the car chairs as well. How much should we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Wallahi, how much can we thank Allah? You know, people had bad eyes once upon a time. Glasses didn't exist. They lived with that bad eyes for the rest of their life. That was the end of it. And today you just go and get your glasses fine-tuned and next thing you know, you're looking like a normal person would look without any difficulty at all. People started complaining that these glasses are too heavy on my eyes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired the heart of the insan with LASIK surgery. Now those glasses are no longer needed either. You know, Allah has blessed us in so many ways. Learn to be thankful. Let me tell you guys this. Allah will only give so many times to an ungrateful person. Mark my words. Allah will only give so many times to an ungrateful person. When the person proves that they really don't care about Allah, Allah stops caring about them too. That's why you must always be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you're thankful to Allah about something, you become delicate and soft with it too. Your children, you become more loving to them. Because you don't view them as a burden, you view them as a favor, a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran also mentions the story of Sayyidina Sulaiman Because with power, people can easily oppress. So another test of Allah on Sulaiman was to see whether he was oppressed. See, there's the oppressor. There's a fine line between being disciplined and being an oppressor. Do you guys understand that? Being disciplined, good or bad? Good. good. 
Being an oppressor, good or bad? Bad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran that one day Sulaiman alayhi salam saw hudhud was missing. It was a bird. Some scholars say it was a bird. Others say it was a type of bird. So it was a group of birds that were missing. These birds had the unique skill of spotting water. They can spot water that was underground. They can spot water they could, through scent and through sight. So Sulaiman alayhi salam would use them as he traveled with a big army. And if they ever needed water, he would tell his bird, find the water. And therefore that bird would come and find the water. And, the, and he would tell the jinns to dig there. They would dig there and they would bring water out. The whole army would drink. Sulaiman alayhi salam was traveling with his army. He couldn't find his hudhud. He was really frustrated. He then said, He said that either this bird, no, you know, he, actually, sorry. He said, When he found his a bird was missing, he said, I will surely punish it a severe punishment. I will surely punish it a. Or I will slaughter it. Or it presents to me a clear proof. When I read this ayah when I was young, I thought to myself, this ayah was an overstatement. I was like, gosh, his bird was missing. Why did he want to kill the bird? I really didn't understand it when I was a kid. I remember I went to a teacher and a mentor. Uh, she was a muhaditha, a female scholar of hadith. I had gone to her and I sat in front of her and I asked her this question. I said, Shaykhah, why is it that Sulaiman overreacted so badly? Why was he ready to kill this bird and punish the bird just because the bird was? Maybe the bird went out with her friends to like, you know, play some pool or something. I don't know. Like, why are you so mad? Why do you want to kill the bird? The bird was busy. Let him be. It's okay. So she gave, a, she gave two, three very beautiful explanations. Can I share them with you guys? Yeah. yeah. One thing she said. She said to me, Sulaiman made this statement as a general. Because a general must always take a harsh stance against a missing soldier. Do you guys understand that? Discipline. Any army in the world you go to, if soldiers are missing, if they're absent, without taking proper permission, taking proper leave, they are punished. Sulaiman wants all of his army to know everyone will be treated equally. Bird, jinn, insan. You're out of place, you're going to be in trouble. His armies needed to be ready to travel at any point because he used to travel a lot with his armies. Therefore, absence was not acceptable. First thing. The second thing he says, or she said to me, sorry, was that it's possible that they were traveling with a large army and maybe they hit a road where they ran out of water. And Sulaiman needed water. And if, by, if that bird didn't come in time, the whole army would die. Therefore, because of such a catastrophic Disaster, that's why he could see that this could happen if the bird doesn't come in time. That's why he stated such a, such a severe punishment. Do you guys understand? Now, Sulaiman didn't just state the punishment. He said, Or it presents me with a, an explanation. Where was it gone? A proof. The bird came back, he asked the bird, where are you? Where were you? The bird said, I was traveling and I came across a people who are ruled by a lady. I've come to you with the news of certainty from Saba. There is a lady that rules them. She's very wealthy and she has a very grand throne. 
and her and her people worship the sun. They don't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Sulaiman said, said to the bird, We will investigate your statement. Because this is what a ruler does. They don't take everyone's statement on face value. We will investigate. So what did he do? He sent a letter to this, to this queen. What are the, this letter was delivered to the queen of Saba. Some scholars say her name was Bilqis. Some say her name was Bilqis. Bilqis received the letter of Sulaiman When she got it, she called in her cabinet and sought their advice on how to deal with it. When everyone came, she read the letter out, out loud to them. What did the letter say? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قالت يا أيها الملأ إني ألقي إلي كتاب كريم. Oh my, oh my advisors, oh my group, I've been sent an honorable letter. إنه من سليمان. It is from Sulaiman. And what does the letter say? بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. ألا تعلو علي وأتوني مسلمين. Two things. It says بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. Don't be arrogant. Come and submit yourself. End of letter. Sometimes the most terrific or horrifying. Letters are those that are short. When we were young, sometimes my father would, would threaten us. He would say, Tumko me kal That's it. Which translates as, I will see you tomorrow. That was such a horrible threat. You wouldn't be able to sleep at night because you had no idea what he was thinking of. I'll see you tomorrow and do what? Give you a high five? Beat you on your back? Kick you out of the house? I don't know what that means. There were all these thoughts that would cook in your mind. There was a famous Khalifa, Harun al-Rashid. He was an Abbasi Khalifa. There was a group of people under his rule that refused to give him zakat. They said, we won't pay zakat to you anymore. So Harun al-Rashid, when he received this news from his zakat collectors that we went to that region, we demanded zakat from them. Those people didn't give it. So Harun al-Rashid said, okay, take my letter. Don't read it to the leaders. Gather everyone in the village together and read it to them. And read it one time only. Don't read it twice, don't repeat it again. He said, okay. The guy took the letter from Harun al-Rashid, told everyone in the village, gather together, the Khalifa has sent you a letter. I will only read it once, I won't read it twice. Everyone gathered. Pin drop silence. And the letter from Harun al-Rashid was, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. الجواب ما ترى ما لا تسمع والسلام That was a letter. The translation of that is You guys refuse to give zakat? You will see my answer, you won't hear it. Which meant, you're going to see my armies very soon. الجواب ما ترى ما لا تسمع You won't hear my answer. There's no answer in this letter actually. My response to your threat of not giving me zakat, what are, what are you going to do? You're going to? You're going to see it very soon. The army's on its way. Those people dump their zakat out immediately. Take the zakat and go. We don't want to see Harun al-Rashid's army here. Huh. We don't want to see any army. You can take it and be gone. Small letter. She said, what do we do? Some people said, let's wage war against Sulaiman. She said, we don't stand a chance against him. إِنَّ الْمُلُوكَ إِذَا دَخَلُوا قَرْيَةً جَعَلُوا you know, if we wage war against them, they fight against us, 
the, 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 the trend in history is that every time a country is attacked, once they lose, the most honorable people are turned into trash. Sulaiman will imprison us, he'll, they'll, they'll turn us into servants and slaves. The most respectable amongst you will have no, no face tomorrow in, in, in society. So they said, yeah, that's a good point. So she said, إِنِّي مُرْسِلَةٌ إِلَيْهِمْ فَنَاظِرَةٌ بِمَا يَرْجُعُ الْمُرْسَلُونَ So she said, you know what? Let's see what the Sulaiman guy is all about. Whether he's really sincere because he believes in a cause or whether he just wants my throne. So how did she do this? She tried to bribe Sulaiman She sent nice gifts to him. If Sulaiman starts looking at the gifts she sent and starts getting obsessed with the gifts, what does that mean? He's all about the money. Like, you know, if Sulaiman started walking around the Tesla and saying, oh, this is a nice Tesla Sabah sent me, the Queen of Sabah sent me. Bilqis has got some taste right here. You know, he's walking around and he's praising the car. What is she going to realize? This Sulaiman Molvie. <laughs> he's another one of those guys who gets really happy with a little bit of money. And, you know, he, he's, he's, he doesn't have any true substance to him. Sulaiman, when, when the presence came, what did he say? Atumiddunani bimal? He said to the he said to the, the messenger who brought the, the delivery folks that you are you guys trying to persuade me with your money? Are you trying to bribe me? What Allah has given me is greater than what He's given you. You people are arrogant. You think you're full of it because you have some wealth. They want to send um, gifts. Irja, go back. We are coming to you, not with gifts, with what? Bijunudin, with an army. You have no power to face our army, and we will show you. And that's immediately when this, when this response came, we at least realized that she had no chance against him. She immediately started her trip back. Sulaiman wanted her to know that this statement that he made that we have better than what you have wasn't just a statement. It was real. So when Bilqis was on her way, the one thing Bilqis and the people of Sabah were very arrogant over was what? That throne. They were very big on that throne. Sulaiman called his UPS team, some jinns that he had who did some deliveries, DHL, UPS guys, he called them, come here. Who's going to go and bring that throne for me? So FedEx. <laughs> so one person said, I'll go and get it to you before you even stand up. What did he say? Before you even? The throne will be here. Another one said, Before you even blink, it'll be here. He made the statement that other jinn said, I'll bring it before you, are, before you even blink. Sulaiman looked one more time, like he must have closed his eyes for a second and looked again. The throne is already there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing me to see whether I'm grateful or if I'm ungrateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whoever is ungrateful, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in any need of them. Sulaiman said to his people, change this throne around a little bit. Let's see if she recognizes it when she comes. 
When she came, فَلَمَّا جَاءَتْ When she came, she saw this throne and they said, Is this your throne? أَهَكَذَا عَرْشُكَ قَالَتْ كَأَنَّهُ هُ What did she say? Yeah, looks like my throne. Kind of. وَأُوتِينَ الْعِلْمُ مِنْ قَبْلِهَا وَكُنَّا مُسْلِمِينَ She continued walking. She came to a place uh, that she was walking and she lifted her skirt up or her dress up because she thought it was going to get wet. But when she took the next step, what did she realize? Above the water that she was about to step in, Sulaiman his architecture was so pure and so perfect, his designing, that there was a thin layer of glass on top of the water. So it felt like you were walking on the water, but in reality you were walking on glass. When she saw all of this, she realized that Sulaiman wasn't joking when he said that what Allah ma'atani Allahu khayru min ma'atakum, what Allah gave me is better than what He's given you. She realized that Sulaiman wasn't bluffing. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says that this uh, lady she accepted Islam. She said, "Qarat Rabbi inni dharamtu nafsi wa aslamtu ma'a Sulaiman lillahi Rabbil alamin." Allah Subhanahu wa Taala allowed her to find hidayah at the hands of Sulaiman from this we learn Sulaiman teaches us that for every person there is a different type of da'wah. For queens and kings, you can't be humble when you're giving da'wah. What do you need to do? You gotta be strong. Or in Urdu they say, That there is a different style of dealing with different people. There is a different style of... Some people you need to be soft, some people you need to be a little bit more... You need to be a little rough, right? Muhammad Ali rahimahullah knew how to deal with his people. Malcolm X rahimahullah knew how to deal with his people. Everyone, Allah has given every person the understanding on how to deal with their people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran that shaitan fooled Banu Israel into believing that Sulaiman alayhi salam had control over all of what, we, what he had through trickery and through magic. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then openly refutes that in the Qur'an وَاتَّبَعُوا مَا تُطْرُوا الشَّيَاطِينُ عَلَى مُلْكِ سُلَيْمَانِ وَمَا كَفَرَ سُلَيْمَانِ وَلَكِنَّ الشَّيَاطِينَ كَفَرُوا يُعَلِّمُونَ النَّاسَ السِّحْرِ That Sulaiman alayhi salam was not controlling through magic. He didn't accomplish what he had accomplished through magic. This was the fadl of Allah. And Allah refers to it again and again as his favor. And Sulaiman alayhi salam again and again thanked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his favor. Regarding the passing away of Sulaiman alayhi salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Saba, verse number 14, فَلَمَّا قَضَيْنَا عَلَيْهِ الْمَوْتِ مَا دَلَّهُمْ عَلَىٰ مَوْتِهِ إِلَّا دَابَّةُ الْأَرْضِ تَأْكُلُ مِن سَأَتَ Sulaiman instructed a group of jinns to engage in a, in a massive construction. They were in the process of building away, building away. Sulaiman used to watch over his construction team to make sure everyone was working hard. You know, sometimes you, you pay someone to do a construction job and you have to stand there to watch them. You guys ever experienced that before? You know, watch them do the walls, watch them do the painting. So Sulaiman was standing there watching his work team working away. And he knew that as long as he was watching, they would fear him, they would continue to work. So Sulaiman was standing there watching like this, leaning against his staff. And it was in that posture that he passed away actually. They thought he was alive, but in reality he was standing, Allah knows what angle he was standing at and how his body was, how the body weight was distributed. But he was standing in a way that he was just there. And he continued standing there, even though he had passed away, with his eyes open, looking at them. Until some termites came, ate the bottom of the staff that he was leaning on. The staff fell, he fell down, they found out he had passed away. In all in all, we learn that even the closest and greatest servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also experience death because every strength 
comes to an end. Every power comes to an end. You utilize the strength for good. Be thankful to Allah. Remain humble. Use it for what Allah gave it to you. A lot of khair can come out of it. A lot of good can come out of it. But if you abuse it, if you use it the wrong way, there is accountability with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From Sayyidina Dawood alayhi salam and Sulaiman alayhi salam, we learn that yes, as people living in the West, we've been favored abundantly by Allah, but with those favors comes accountability. Be thankful to Allah every day and every night, and watch how Allah only continues to give you more and more and more. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect and preserve, grant us the ability to understand and practice. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.